I think we can all agree that watching TV in 2021 is a little different than maybe in 1980 or 90, even the 2000s. Of course, now we have uh, Netflix, we have Amazon Prime, we have, we have DVR. So even if we are watching a network show, so often when we get to a commercial, if we've already kind of recorded it, what do we do? We just skip forward because we're very impatient and we don't want to waste our time watching commercials. And I think that companies have kind of figured this out. And because of that, as you know, uh, commercials, I believe, in 2021 aren't quite as good as, well, back in my day, you could say, right? The only time we actually watch commercials now might be for the Super Bowl or a sporting event, and even then, usually in the fourth quarter, because, well, once again, we pretty much have it recorded, and we fast forward into uh, the important times. But I'm telling you, when I, was, when I was a child, I think there were some beautiful commercials out there. I think the best one, and I've preached about it before, was, uh, is definitely the Nike commercial, I want to be, I want to be like Mike, right? And so there you go. That can be stuck in your mind all day. You are welcome, all right? But hopefully, I'll give you a different song to think about later uh, in the homily. Of course, a couple other great commercials of my youth and anyone older than me as well would be Where's the Beef? Uh, of course, we also, uh, we also have one of my, my favorite ones, the, the Kool-Aid commercial, Oh, yeah. And he goes through the wall. If you haven't seen that one, little kids, I don't, want to, I don't mean to scare you, but it's worth watching as Mr. Kool-Aid goes through the wall. It's absolutely phenomenal. But there's one commercial out there that I think was just completely brilliant. And it wasn't marketed towards kids. It wasn't marketed towards even the general population. It was only marketed to middle-aged men and above. But I'm telling you, this was an amazing commercial, so amazing that even as a little seven-year-old, I thought, whew, this is a company I can get behind. And of course, that company I'm talking about is Hair Club for Men. That's <laughs> right. And if you remember that commercial, I think you know the tagline. But anyways, the, the person, the president of Hair Club uh, for Men, Cy Sperling, would go on for 52, it was always a minute commercial. Would, I've done a little research on this. I, I went down that rabbit hole. Just, that happens, right? So anyway, Cy Sperling was, was the president for, for my uh, hair club for men. But at the end, with eight seconds to go, he'd take a picture and he'd show it. And it's Cy Sperling, bald on top, but he had a full head of hair. As this was his famous tagline, I'm not only the hair club president, I'm also a client. And I thought, if I ever start losing my hair, I know where I'm going. My hair club for men, right? Why? Because I can trust in this guy right here. He's not only the president, he's a client. And he has a full head of hair. Last night I said, Deacon Gary, you must not have watched TV in the 1980s. And uh, uh, there we go, right? Uh, but, but sure, sure enough, uh, it was just, I think, a brilliant commercial because it really, I think, gave confidence uh, to, to the consumers. And it gave confidence because this is someone who, you know, had hair loss, but as he's doing that commercial, it was, boy, that was one, uh, one head of hair, you could say. And uh, so, so there we go. But once again, it gives you that confidence because he knows what it's like to experience hair loss. You know, something interesting happens today in our, in our second reading. It's a letter to the Hebrews. We're not exactly sure who the author is. Is it Paul? Is it not Paul? I guess it doesn't matter uh, too much. We know that the person writing the letter is writing to the community uh, of the Hebrews. And he makes something, a very interesting point. 
He talks about this, this great high priest. We're going to hear about the great high priest again next week as well. But this great high priest who has passed through the heavens, who is that, of course, you know, that's, that's Jesus, the, the Son of God. And so we're called to hold fast to our confession, our confession of, of faith. But this is such a beautiful part here. For we do not have a high priest who was unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has similarly been tested in every way, yet without sin. Jesus can sympathize with us because he too has been tested in every way. And we know that, that Jesus is more than a president of grace. He's more than a client of grace. He is our Lord and our Savior. But how beautiful it is that he knows what it's like to be tested. And so he can sympathize with us. And this is why the author goes on to say, so let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace for timely help. I like to say timely love is a greater, another word for help. We could say timely love of God. But we know that Jesus, yes, is fully divine, but he's also fully human. He humbled himself to share in our humanity. And so we can sympathize with us because he's experienced the same things that we experience today. He experiences temptations. We look at his life. The 40 days in the desert being tempted day in, day out by the devil. He experiences temptation in the Garden of Gethsemane. He experiences temptation even on the cross. And they're saying to him, prove to us that you are God. Take yourself off the cross, him being tempted. And so he knows what it's like. And so when we too maybe are tempted by sin, when we too are tempted by, by the evil one, what are we called to do? Well, we can go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. Lord, help me. And we can confidently know that he will. But all we need to do is go to him. Maybe we're experiencing sorrow at the loss of a loved one. Or we should look at Jesus once again at the death of Lazarus. And what does he do? Jesus wept. He knows what it's like to experience sorrow. He knows what, experience, what it's like to experience that loss. Maybe we're mourning the loss of, of a loved one, a parent, a spouse, a, even a child, a friend. And we have that, that longing and that sadness. Jesus, help me. Walk with me. Be with me. And we know that he sympathizes with us because he too has experienced it. Of course, we look at Jesus as well and just the rejection that he experienced, friends leaving him. Of course, we have John chapter 6, you know, verse 61, I believe, where it states, you know, he looks up after the, the bread of life discourse and says, will you too leave me? And that's an expression of loss. Of course, him on the cross, right? Eleven of the twelve disciples abandoning him. Judas betraying him. Maybe we've been betrayed by a friend. Maybe we've been betrayed by a family member or a co-worker. And we experience that. What can we do? We can go to the Lord and say, Lord, help me. Lord, I need you. 
And when we do this, when we actually give our heart over to the Lord and express our need for him, we don't have a God who is set apart from us, but a God who humbled himself to share in our humanity, as we heard in the gospel today as well, who came to serve us, who takes on, so here in the first reading, our guilt on the cross as a savior for us to serve us but who knows what we're going through because he too has gone through it. And what he wants to do is to be there for us, to give us that mercy, to give us that grace, to give us that help, to give us that love. And so when we go to prayer, I encourage you, please, 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 please share your heart with the Lord. As Romans chapter 8 says, I believe, have that inexpressible groanings to the Lord. Just like, oh, Lord, this is what's going on. We spew it before him. We express whatever's going on. And we know that he's there to help and to sympathize and to love and to give us his grace and his mercy. You know, whenever I, I go to prayer, there's, you know, different times of prayer throughout the day. But maybe when I'm experiencing a temptation or a loss or things just aren't quite going my way, I, I turn to the Lord in prayer and sometimes certain songs come to, to mind. And it's not I want to be like Mike, by the way. That would be a good song. I want to be like Christ. That would be a good song, I guess. But a different song that usually comes to my mind uh, is one that maybe you know. It's by Matt Marr. It's a Lord... I need you. So you know Matt Marr is, is a Christian uh, composer. He's actually a Catholic composer, so you probably can hear him on KTIS or other religious channels. He's actually been to St. John the Baptist and performed a, a concert here right before I came, actually, uh, as well. But one of my favorite songs is, is Lord, I Need You. And what it expresses is this, that, that we need the Lord. But once again, to know that the Lord is there to help us, that he does not abandon us, but he walks with us. And so I encourage you that, that maybe sometimes maybe you can, you can pray this prayer that Matt Mark put together. You can sing it as well, or you can just have it in your mind. Uh, but I, I just want to sing a little bit of the song to finish my homily, but once again to express a way that we can go to prayer. And it's a very basic way, but I think a very beautiful way. <clears throat> Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest without you. I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Where sin runs deep, your grace is more. Where grace is found is where you are. And where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you, my one defense, 
My righteousness, O oh God, how I need thee.